Welcome to the audiobook version of the novel Mercy Not Sacrifice by Dan Parks, read by the author. Chapter 10, Meeting the Priest. It was spring, and the air was warm, and the leaves had just begun to grow back on the trees as the perennials popped out of the ground, and the wind smelled sweet with the scent of new beginnings. Grandpa John parked down the hill from St. Michael's Church. His breath was labored as the air expelled from his lungs fogged up the glass on the driver's side window. His first step out of his pickup brought up a cough from deep inside of him, and when he caught it in his handkerchief, blood soaked the cotton square. Passing the church, he didn't even look at the building. He had never attended regularly, and he didn't worry about the mortal sin that that carried. But the memory of missing Grandma Marta's funeral had damned himself into a hell that he could no longer bear. Grandpa John did not want to walk any further, but his will was strong. He knew that he couldn't keep living the same way, and instead acted that day on a chance at change. At the door of the rectory, a squirrel loped across the lawn and stopped and turned towards him. It slowed as it got closer. The squirrel edged to his feet and dropped an acorn from its mouth and skidded back across the lawn. Grandpa John brushed the nut and its dirt from the mat with his boot and knocked on the door. It opened, and Simon the priest appeared. Hello, he said. May I help you? Yes, Grandpa John said. I'm John Carmen, and I know that I didn't have an appointment, but I need to talk. Come on in, he said. The rectory was built before the First World War and still retained the plaster wainscoting along the floor and the crown molding up by the ceiling. A living room and a kitchen and a full bath and a study were on the main floor. Beneath there was an unfinished basement and a dirt floor that contained a furnace, water heater, and a toolbox. Above it all, upstairs, was three bedrooms and a couple baths that overlooked the front yard to the east, as the western windows in the back viewed the Missouri River. Grandpa John followed Simon, the priest, inside. Please have a seat, Simon, the priest said. Would you like a cup of coffee? Yes, Grandpa John replied, as he sat down in the first of two old leather chairs in the foyer just beyond the front door. Simon the priest walked to the kitchen. He took a kettle of hot water off the old gas stove and set it aside. He scooped freshly ground coffee into a French press and added the hot water and capped its lid. From the overhead cabinet, he grabbed two white porcelain mugs and walked back to the foyer. He set the coffee down and placed the mugs on a table between the chairs. While remaining standing, he bent over and plunged down the screen of the French press, pushing the grounds to the bottom and the fresh coffee to the top. Do you take milk? he asked. No, Grandpa John said. Black. Ah, simple man, he said. Me too. Simon the priest reached to the lamp on the table and turned it on and adjusted his chair to face Grandpa John. So, John Carmen, Simon the priest said. My name is Simon Chopra. Grandpa John took the first sip of his coffee. Nice to meet you, Simon, Grandpa John trimmered. You don't look like most people from Missouri. Where do you come from? Simon the priest smiled, a rehearsed, self-conscious grin. He was a stranger in a foreign land where he had been attempting to make a life for himself. He had dealt with the staring eyes and the children's innocent, ignorant laughter. But for the most part, Garden sounded welcome to him with open arms. He had heard the word before, as all Indian men have, but one particular time stuck with him. A few days into his tenure at St. Michael's, when he was giving the sacrament of penance to a parishioner, to which he is held to the code of confidentiality, a man walked out on him and said, I ain't confessing to no Haji priest. No, I don't mind, responded Simon the priest. I am from India. The morning progressed, and as the sun rose towards high noon, it focused on producing warmth. 
Grandpa John felt the heat transfer through the window as the rays fell on his neck, and the words he had come to say began to simmer on the back of his tongue. Do you attend Mass? asked Simon the priest. No, Grandpa John responded. My wife did, and my kids went to the school. Who's your wife? asked Simon the priest. Marta Carmen, said Grandpa John, but she has passed away. Oh, Marta, Simon the priest exclaimed. On my first day here, she had welcomed me kindly, and I knew I was in the right place. She took me down to Cuddy's Pharmacy, and we had lunch together. She told me about her family, and about you. A soft tear came from Grandpa John's eye. It ran down the side of his nose, over his mustache, and through the wrinkle by his mouth. A dam doesn't burst all at once, but instead it happens over a period of time. Cracks form with age as hardness happens with time. A great hoax in life is that strength comes from being rigid. Having a backbone is praised, but being flexible and porous is not. Like a great structure, or a great man, the most important part is the foundation. And if the footing isn't pliable to the earth's movement, then the whole thing will come crashing down. A man can wear out with time, as his face forms to the life he has chosen. The lines on the edges of a man's eyes become etched by his emotions. There is talk of laugh lines that come from a life lived well. But what has failed to be thought of is how or where the lines of sorrow come from. Or in Grandpa John's case, regret. Simon, Grandpa John said as he reached across the table, taking Simon the priest's forearm. What did she say about me? Simon the priest had received the sacrament of the holy orders five years before. In his previous life, he had been a construction worker in India. He worked in the ditch with a shovel in his hand for 25 years. His wife was deemed infertile a decade into their marriage, and she couldn't rid the shame that it brought. She stayed in the home, and he attempted to alleviate her burden, but no matter what he did, she sank further into herself. He was able to save some money over the years and bought her the house that she had always wanted, but the family that had been planned since her youth didn't come with it. He had come home one evening to see her body hung up by the ceiling fan in the upper bedroom. She spoke of you as a good man, Simon the priest responded. Grandpa John had never had the chance to decide whether or not he had lived a good life, but without his wife and without his sons and without work, all he had was the time. Simon, he said, I came here because I'm dying and I need to know what to do. What do you need to know? The steps, he said. The absolution. How do I earn my way to heaven? Simon the priest didn't know the depths of Grandpa John's sin any more than he knew the lusts of his brethren. Steps. Absolution. Okay, Simon the priest said. How do you feel about this? I just want to know the right way, he said. Simon the priest saw God and man to be in a vertical relationship. The path that each should follow is the way he feels led and was specific to the individual. He believed this, but he also knew the sacraments and the rites as well. The right way. Yes, Grandpa John responded. Simon the priest looked down at his watch and crossed his legs. Are you free this afternoon? Simon the priest asked. Grandpa John's shoulders relaxed as his mind was eased and his concentration was taken off himself. Yes, he said. I would like to show you some of the steps that you speak of. Simon the priest said. The weeks passed by as Saturdays were checked off the calendar when Grandpa John began to meet with Simon the priest. At the community senior center, he was introduced to new and old friends and began to learn the act of caring. 
There he served food and played cards and opened the door. He took the leftover food and delivered meals to the shut-ins. At their doors, he saw a reflection of himself in their eyes, and he realized they were more alike than they were different. He saw the men of Gardenstown that he once knew as strong and capable receive his help, and it exposed a humility that was new to him. It happened in flashes at first, and then in glimpses, and then longer moments. If those men needed help, then he may one day need it as well. It has been said that no one has ever seen God, but Grandpa John had gotten about as close as it gets. At the nursing home, they sung hymns with the old girls' choir. Mrs. Hackers and Miss Leslie and Dorma Blue helped them sing the classics of Amazing Grace, Joy to the World, and On Eagle's Wings. And when they broke out their rendition of Garth Brooks's Friends in Low Places, it drew a smile on the face of Simon the Priest. He had never heard such music before. That summer, Grandpa John joined the church's bowling team, and he had the third highest series that season. During one week's action, Simon the Priest had forgotten which cup was his, and when he looked down at two plastic cups before him, the contents looked the same. Both contained brown liquid with what looked like carbonation on top, and if it hadn't been for the congestion that came from his strong pollen allergy, he would have been able to smell the difference. Sanford watched Simon the Priest pick up the spitter, and at first was confused. He was going to stop him, but it was his turn to bowl. Simon the priest took a draw on the tobacco juice, just as Sanford was on the middle of his windup, and when he realized that it was not his whiskey and coke, but in fact was the bowling team's communal spitter, he lurched forward as it came up from his stomach. The arc of his vomit is what was remembered. Grandpa John yelled, Sanford, watch out! But this only made him turn around at exactly the wrong time. About a half pint of bile doused his head, and he dropped his bowling ball on his foot in response. The bowling alley erupted in laughter, and from then on out, the spitter was labeled with white athletic tape. St. Michael's Catholic School had been chronically understaffed for decades. Many essentials went uncared for simply because there was no budget for it. Simon the priest brought Grandpa John to the school to help out. He opened the library in the morning where he crafted a new filing system to find and check out a book. At mid-morning, he walked in the basement of the school and worked in the cafeteria. He worked in prep and cleanup, and on one instance, he had to fill in his cook. He made a chicken stew that was the biggest hit the school had ever seen. Children were known to come back in line for seconds, but with his stew, the teachers returned for more as well. It wasn't until cleanup, when he went to wipe down the oven, that he realized the chicken in his stew remained half-frozen in an oven that had never been turned on. Grandpa John learned to love the kids at St. Michael's, and he had four particular favorites. Jeffrey, Winston, Selma, and Wendy Heidelberg's son, Danny. One afternoon, Danny and a few classmates were in the bathroom in the basement at the end of the stairs. Each of the three stalls contained a boy, and the fourth, who had been deemed the starter, was stationed at the sink by the door. Each boy rolled out toilet paper by hand into the toilet in a race. Out of the gates, Danny was in the lead, but his downfall was that he was too loud, and being in the last stall, he didn't hear the school principal, Mr. Mathers, walk into the bathroom. The boy in stall number one became straight as a board when he heard the click of his penny loafers. The second boy succumbed to a leg cramp, falling asleep when he quietly sat down on top of the toilet seat to hide his existence. When Danny turned around to see the belly and the chin and the long nose of Mr. Mathers, it was too late. He was sentenced to bathroom cleanup and was supervised by Grandpa John. The first day together, Grandpa John placed his hand on the young boy's shoulder and said, 
I've always liked the name, Danny. Clarity can come when death draws near. It's not a certain thing, but if one allows the clouds of despair to clear sometimes through the rain, a rainbow draws near. It was in combat during the Korean War, when Grandpa John had faced death daily, that his eyes had become focused on the important things. War had narrowed his cares to the survival of himself and his fellow soldier, but at home it all fell away. Civilian life is slow and dull and rife with indecision. Sixty years had passed, but now that familiar feeling had returned to Grandpa John. He had begun to have community again. On a Sunday afternoon, late in the summer, after the last mass of the day, Simon the priest was at Grandpa John's house. They sat on the back patio and listened to the St. Louis Cardinals baseball game on the radio. They ate barbecue and drank beer together, and after eating, a considerable amount of time had passed in silence. How are things, John? Simon the priest asked as he reclined his feet. Grandpa John sat back in his own chair and looked past the edge of the porch over his backyard into the valley below his house. I got a full stomach, he responded. I'm on my back patio with my friend and the game is on. Life is good. How's your cancer? I had an appointment last week, he said. The doctor gave me a few more months to live. How does that make you feel? He took a sip of beer and recalled the time that had passed since he knocked on the door of the church rectory. I'm settled, he said. Did you find the answer you were looking for? The radio in the background echoed the Cardinals announcer Mike Shannon's voice. The cards were down to the Cubs 4-3 to in the bottom of the ninth inning. Before we met, Grandpa John said, I didn't have any real friends. I didn't either, Simon the priest responded. I had asked God for help with my loneliness since my move here. I had the people at the church, but no one to be a man with. And then one morning, you came knocking on my door. The men became quiet, and the air felt foreign and strangely feminine to both. Grandpa John looked over to Simon the priest and broke the silence. I guess we both got what we needed. And Grandpa John and Simon the priest laughed. <laughs>